For Sunday, the 20th of March, I'm Randy Coure, live from Apple's ColorCast app. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are downloading today's episode via your favorite podcatcher, thank you so much for the download at What's Up Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On today's episode, the Toronto Blue Jays seem to have their eyes set on the Fall Classic, bolstering their roster by trading for one-time All-Star Matt Chapman from the... Uh, Oakland Athletics, amongst other big moves. Deshaun Watson is now a member of the Cleveland Browns, despite 20-plus allegations of sexual assault and misconduct. We'll definitely be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs as uh, some breaking news on this hour. Uh, Mark Giordano is a member of the Blue and White. Of course, he spent this past this uh, season with the expansion Seattle Kraken on rapid fire. Josh Donaldson is a Yankee. Ben Sherratt is a Panther. And some retired stars are being critical of today's athlete, uh, that and a lot more. So joining me today is a regular, our podcast contributor, Tony Antonio is here. Tony, how are you? Hey, boys. How's it going? I'm good. And uh, making his uh, What's Up a de- uh, debut, an avid uh, sports fan like us all, and he is a poker shark with two of his three kids sharing a birthday with yours truly. I am proud to introduce to you Frank DeFrenza. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, man, nice to be here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's our pleasure. Absolutely. So uh, ironically enough, Frank uh, was the one who brought it to uh, my attention, at least, that uh uh, veteran uh, blue liner Mark Giordano is a member of the blue and white as we tape at uh, five o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. Uh, the re- reports are uh, haven't been confirmed in who is coming uh, back to the Kraken. But uh, Mark Giordano is heading to uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, uh, Frank, uh, how about we uh, uh, throw you into the fire, uh, see what your thoughts are. Uh, what do you think about Mark Giordano potentially helping the Leafs uh, throughout this, uh, for this stretch drive into the playoffs? Yeah, man. Well, I'm definitely excited about this move, considering the other teams made some big moves over the last couple of days, and it was coming down to crunch time. And, uh, you know, we didn't want to give up the first-round pick, which hopefully they did not. That's the one thing that Kyle did not want to do. So we'll see what comes of it. But yeah, man, happy to have him. He's a grinder. He's a good work ethic, good hard-nosed player. He's going to clear the net for the goalies, and uh, he's going to do a good job back there. You know, it wasn't that long ago where uh, Giordano did have uh, quite the offensive output while uh, being a member of the Calgary Flames. Uh, He uh, went to uh, Seattle uh, and uh, obviously as a uh, leadership role, which you could definitely do with Toronto. what do you think uh, in terms of what he could potentially uh, bring in terms of offensively for Toronto, Frank? Do you think that he has uh, still some left in the tank? I'm not looking for him for what he brings offensively. I, I we, we know what the problem is here on this team, and it's been like this for years, is defense. So we need to look at the defense first, get that straightened out. If any offense comes of it, we'll take it as a bonus. So, uh, Tony, I mean, uh, you know, this, uh, the ink on uh, the uh, facts or, uh, you know, well, they probably don't use faxes anymore, but this is all all very new to us. Uh, We learned about it uh, less than an hour ago. Uh, I mean, the Leafs have been known to bring uh, to uh, the club some uh, high profile names, but these are names that are past their prime. I mean, you think about that, the fact that they uh, brought in Doug Gilmore uh, towards the very end. You think about Brian Leach. You think about Ole Jokinen. Foligno. (laughs) Yeah, Nick Foligno, of course. Uh, Where do you think uh, Giordano will fit uh, within the blue line of Toronto? Well, I think he'll be a top four, and he's going to be a nice calming presence 
I'm with Frank. Don't expect too much offense, but it's a, a leader. Um, he's going to lead by example. He's going to, uh, he's a guy who's capable of killing the cycle, which is important. The Leafs get hemmed in their zone a lot. So he's a guy who's very good at breaking up cycles. Um, by the way, it looks like two second round picks and a third rounder. And they're also getting a sentiment by the name of Colin Blackwell with Giordano in the trade. So that was just updated. Okay. So I don't, I don't know where this Blackwell guy is going to fit. Um, they were saying that uh, Dubis was not <clears throat> willing to give up a first rounder and looks like he did it. Uh, two seconds and a third is still, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of asset capital, but I, I think they've, they're in a win now situation. They've got to compete against some tough teams in the East. And it was a move that needed to be made. He's, he's going to be a nice presence for the Leaf defense, I think, because at the end of the day, come playoff time, they've got to learn how to play tight games, right? You can have all the scores you want, but if you can't learn how to play through those tight, tight games, you're going to have problems again. And it's going to be the same old, same old for the Leafs. Yeah. You just have to wonder, and obviously uh, nobody can uh, determine the value of a first, second, third round pick until that player is uh, drafted and whether that person gets into the league is another story. I mean, you know, uh, let's say that I had the uh, sixth round pick uh, 199th overall that year that Tom Brady got drafted and lo and behold, he was the uh, greatest quarterback that ever lived. Uh, But then uh, you could have the first overall pick and uh, be the Atlanta thrashers and uh, draft Patrick Stefan. So, uh, you know, uh, with, the fact that this is two second round picks, uh, is that the ga- kind of gamble, uh, Frank, we'll throw it to you. Uh, is that the kind of gamble that you would want to take? I, well, what are these for? Okay, for, if they're for the next two drafts, I'm not really concerned with those picks just because the fact that the past two years, the hockey's been put on hiatus. These young guys haven't developed like the previous young guys have developed. So who even knows what we're getting with these kids? That's one aspect that I look at. Well, uh, yeah, abs- absolutely. And, you know, uh, Tony, uh, I- I obviously uh, we could remember, well, the three of us could remember a uh, first round pick that was uh, sent to New Jersey for uh, Tom Curvers. Uh, that was Scott Niedemeyer. Uh, and uh, potentially they could have drafted first overall where that uh, first overall pick was Eric Lindros. So, uh, you know, as uh, Toronto um, tries to uh, do what they haven't done in 17 years, win a first playoff round, uh, it looks like uh, that uh, Giordano is going to be, uh, you know, as he plays with Morgan Riley, if uh, Jake Muzzin gets back, uh, you'd have to say that he's a top three D-man. I personally think if uh, two uh, second rounders are uh, what's been given back amongst other compensatory picks, I think Toronto did okay. Yeah, yeah. If you're in win now mode, <clears throat> excuse me, you're in win now mode. It, you know, you don't think about those those things at all. And and they're, you know, their best players right now. The core of that team is is really young, so they're going to be riding them for for a lot of years potentially. And you've got to help those guys win now. You can't keep everybody. Not all your prospects are going to uh, come to fruition. Like you said, it is a crapshoot. They didn't have to give up a first-round pick, which I thought was important. It, it was very important for Dubis that he, he wasn't willing to go there. I think he's traded three of the last four, and unfortunately his latest one now has uh, a brain tumor. So, you know, prayers with Amaroff as he's battling through that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good pick. Plus they traded Travis Dermott away as well to Vancouver, uh, just before we got on as well. So he did request a trade earlier in the year. So he's gone. They got a third rounder from Vancouver for him. So I don't know if they use that as part of the Giordano trade or not, or if they're just getting a third rounder back. So they don't really lose one there. Um, this is the price you have to pay at this point, right? A lot of first round picks going for like, Tampa Bay gave up two for for a guy I hadn't even heard of, to be honest with you. I, I had to text a friend and say, is this Hagel guy in Chicago worth two first round picks? 
And he's like, I was hoping you'd ask me this <laughs> information. But I admittedly, I don't watch a lot of Chicago Blackhawk hockey, so I don't know. But the point is, you know, it, th- this is silly season when teams are trying to go all, all in and, and they're going to make moves like this. But when you're in win now mode, trust me, I know as a Penguins fan, there, there haven't been too many first round round uh, draft picks I've, I've watched over the last few years come our way. So as long as you got a Stanley Cup to show for it. Or a few of them. <laughs> yeah, or a few of them, yeah. And, well, uh, I, w- I wasn't trying to brag, man. If you have them, brag, man. <laughs> I'm trying to be humble here. Well, uh, and, oh, I, like, uh, I like Brody. I like the connection with Brody also on uh, Jordan. Yes. Big, big connection there. And apparently it was down to St. Louis and Toronto. Both St. Louis and Toronto didn't want to give up their first pick. And apparently he really wanted to come here. So all around, I think, I think we're in good hands with him. Well, and, uh, you know, you have to wonder uh, what uh, kind of holes uh, the Leafs have to uh, try and fill as they uh, get that much closer to the playoffs. And uh, do they have a hole to fill uh, in goal with the uh, emergence and the uh, obvious potential Hall of Fame career of Eric Schalgren? He has uh, earned a shutout in his uh, first start. Uh, as a Leaf, the first person since Garrick Sparks, he earned a uh, a second win. Um, uh, uh, who and that was against why? It was against second uh, Dallas. Dallas, yeah, no, Dallas was the shutout, and Carolina, Carolina, yes, yeah. thank you, thank you, for, uh, Anderson, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, against Freddie Anderson, of course, making yeah. making his return to Toronto, but uh, did uh, uh, suffer the loss in uh, in Nashville. Um, look on the surface, Hey, uh, two, uh, two, the first two starts, uh, Shalgren, uh, did he, what he was asked to do? Uh, he is a 25 year old who's been a career minor leaguer and, uh, Tony, uh, with those first two starts, I mean, how much added pressure did Eric Shalgren put on himself do you, in your mind? Uh, there's a lot of uh, Leaf fans like Frank and myself who are desperate for some kind of uh, type of uh, goaltending uh, excellence. And is Eric Schalgren the uh, the solution? Probably not. Uh, and you know we shouldn't build him any statues. As you saw, he let five in last night. So he is uh, he is just holding the fort down. He's helping out. Uh, he's 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 an option. It's the reason why they went out and signed. Uh, this Finnish guy, I was gonna, I was about to call him a kid, but he's 32 years old. Uh, he just finished his KHL season, helped Finland win the gold medal in Beijing. I don't know what their plan is with him. I'm, I think he's just going to bring another guy in to hold the fort. Jack Campbell is their goalie. Um, apparently, there was a deal. Uh, like Participants were in place. Talks were happening for Marc-Andre Fleury, but Dubas was not prepared to go deep into the futures uh, there's a young defenseman they have, uh, sorry, a young player they have in college, Matt Keeves, that is, seems to be a guy that a lot of teams are asking the Leafs for. I think I said his name wrong. If I did, I apologize. I was researching him earlier. Uh, and he balked at that, plus a first rounder. So they were discussing the possibility of bringing Fleury in, but at the end of the day, um, you still have to take care of your future as well. It's, it's a tough balance. I don't envy the job that any general manager has, especially this time of year, especially when you're a team that's, you know, the pressure is on that you, you got to get past the first round, never mind win the Stanley cup. Um, so that's the situation. I believe they have some goalies that are going to hold the fort down until Jack Campbell's healthy and he's the goalie. Well, it's just such an incredible conversation of, uh, that dynamic of preparing for the future versus, uh, going for it uh you know uh, when now uh look frank uh my father came to this country canada in 1969 him and i have seen the same number of toronto maple leaf stanley cup final appearances zero so you know uh, this city is starved for uh that birth in the uh in the cup final let alone to win the stanley cup uh when it comes to uh, flurry potentially simeon varlamov 
you know, for what price do you think you would uh, pay for uh, having a goaltender of that magnitude, although be it at the end of their careers uh, for this particular season? It's a tough one, man, because you look at Flurry, like you're, you're, you're seeing a tale of two goalies, right? You're seeing, okay, am I getting uh, the Stanley Cup content, the go- Stanley Cup goalie that it was a few years ago compared to now the goalie that he is in Chicago? If I'm getting the goalie that's in Chicago right now, no, we don't, it does not help us at all, right? And how much are you giving up for that? Could he just switch it around and turn it, turn it back a few years? Maybe, who knows? Do we take that chance? I don't know, man. You're giving up a lot. I think Campbell's our guy. I think we just got to ride with him. You know, Shogren came in, settled it down a bit, like all the craziness and talks by our goalies, about our goalies. But in the end, hopefully this rest does Campbell good, and hopefully the issue was just playing too many games, and who knows, man. But I think – No, but to that, though, is that it wasn't that long ago where Marc-Andre Fleury uh, led the Vegas Golden Knights to that final. And – uh, obviously, uh, if there is one person that knows all about Mark Andre Fleury, it would definitely be Tony as a uh, diehard Penguins fan. Uh, it seems that uh, Chicago has put up, uh, thrown that white flag, uh, you know, uh, because they are far uh, uh, what they once were as a potential, uh, as a perennial cup favorite. Uh, you know, Fleury, uh, Kane, and Taves have uh, are not what they used to be. And it would be difficult uh, for a guy like Fleury to uh, uh, emulate what he did back in uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Vegas. If the price was right, Tony, how much more of an improvement would a guy like Fleury be as opposed to Jack Campbell and Morazic? <laughs> I, I love Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously, for a number of reasons. I think he's just, he's just such a huggable individual too on top of everything else um but honestly there's been a history of those types of moves not working for teams ryan miller remember Mm -hmm. it was such a big deal when he went to st louis it didn't work out i would be leery about making a trade i mean if you were giving up not much and you were you know you're getting chicago to retain half the salary and half the cap hit you're bringing him on for the final year. Like he's a rental. Yeah. I'd be taking a chance, but are you bringing him in with the expectation that he's going to lead you to the Stanley cup? I wouldn't go that far at, not at this stage in his career. Yeah. Um, there, there is a reason why, you know, he lost his job to Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. He eventually lost his job to, to Robin, uh, Robin Leonard in, in, in Vegas. You know, he's, he's a different type of goalie. He's not, He's not that calm, stand-up, sound guy in the net. He is very erratic. He's all over the place. Uh, you know, his athleticism is what made him a great goalie. But the league is shying away from those goalies now, if you notice. The, you know, uh, the preference is to have the big guy who kind of block shots instead of, you know, moving around and being active in the net making saves. So, uh, no, I think at this stage in Marc-Andre Fleur's career, and, and, and again, God, I, I – I love that man. There, there hasn't been a penguin who's left, you know, a guy who's left Pittsburgh. I have not followed like I have Mark Andre Fleury. So I think the world of him, but I don't think he's the answer. If anything, I think it has to teach this team how to play better in front of their goalies at this, at this point exactly. with, with Jack Campbell being out, it's gotta be an opportunity for the Leafs to be better in front of their goalie. They still have that stigma attached to them. Uh, they have a world-class team talent-wise, unbelievable players offensively like we know. But this team has to learn how to play patient, tight, in front of their goalie, in the zone. You're going to have to play some boring hockey sometimes to get victories, uh, especially come playoff time. Hopefully, this is what happens for this team. And maybe that's the message Dubas is, is, is sending to the players. Yeah, in in the uh, uh, with respect to Mark Andre Fleury, he is uh, 37 years old, but a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, is he going to stay in Chicago? Uh, who will Toronto get, if any, uh, between the pipes? Uh, as we are a couple of weeks away, give or take, from the uh, start of the 
Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, just to uh, quickly tie a bow on the uh, on the NHL. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche guys are uh, the toast of the Western Conference. Uh, you know, who'd have thought that uh, they found uh, a gem in Nazem Kadri having the type of season that he has been having, all with uh, Darcy Kemper uh, being uh, your star uh, goaltender, the person uh, who had uh, led them to uh, 90 plus points. They, at last check, were around 10 points plus uh, ahead of uh, the Calgary Flames. Um, we have seen this before. There has been teams like the San Jose Sharks who are always a, uh, uh, a contender, a threat. Uh, they made one final appearance. Uh, is Colorado, should that be a team that uh, is uh, the runaway, uh, I guess, favorite to take the cup? Or is it just a Western Conference thing? I mean, the Florida Panthers, Frank, uh, they had uh, 88 points. Carolina's 87. You know, there really uh, seems to be more of a concentration of talent in the East as opposed to the West. Where do you think Carolina, uh, Colorado stands, Frank, with regards to uh, who could dangerous. win? They are dangerous. I put them in the same class as Calgary. Dangerous. Now, with Colorado, they've put in their due the past couple of years. So I think they're going to have some big rewards this year in the playoffs. They've put in some time. They've gone to war. They've done all that. And now I think they're going to reap some rewards. They're going to advance a few rounds. But it's going to be a dogfight, man. Like every team, you're looking at the standings from Colorado down to Toronto separates by 10 points. That's it. 10 points separates all those teams. How like It's hard to evaluate which team is better than which. Carolina's up there. Pittsburgh's like, where did Pittsburgh come from this year? Did anyone expect it? That's to be fourth in the league right now? Yes. <laughs> One of us did. Thanks to Jari. Where did he come from this year? But yeah, yeah I, I, hey, I, I uh, love it. I love the tightness. I love the competitiveness. Colorado, I, I think, could definitely take it this year. I, my prediction, if it's not Toronto, which I'm always going to pick Toronto, so that's just me, um, I see Colorado-Carolina final. Well, if you say uh, Carolina, you know, obviously uh, Frederick Anderson, uh, he uh, didn't uh, bring Toronto to any sort of playoff prominence, uh, but uh, he's been having a, a Vezina-like performance. Tony, uh, you know, to uh, what Frank was alluding to in terms of Tristan Jari, they developed a Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Matt Murray uh, was what he was and uh, seems to be the uh, – running like the uh, the factory of spitting out star goaltending uh, like the Denver Broncos did in terms of uh, star running backs. But, uh, I mean, hey, Florida, uh, you know, and we will talk about uh, their uh, big trade with re regards to Montreal uh, later on in the show. But uh, could uh, Florida uh, be uh, a person, uh, like a team to uh, be considered with as well? I, I mean, hey, Tampa's won the Cup two years in a row. Yeah, Florida should be considered a contender. They added Chariot. They added. Uh, they just added uh, what's his name? That idiot from Philly, Claude Giroux. Um, <laughs> they could have him, and uh, I think they added Robert Hag from the Buffalo Sabers too. So another depth defenseman. Uh, but but and this is a huge but, and I don't know how, what the extent of the injury is. But they lost Aaron Ekblad. They're saying he should be back. For the playoffs, playoffs they basically yeah. they basically put him on LTIR. That's going to be a huge loss because he's their stud defenseman. But I, the Florida Panthers, I put them in the same category as you know a Toronto Maple Leaf team. There is a lot of uh, stake uh, attached to those teams, but the sizzle. I mean, you know what's happening? Are they ready for big time playoff games? We've been asking the question for three years. I keep hearing the Florida Panthers are are ready to take that next step, and I know it's 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 a cop out answer, but it remains to be seen. I can't look at the Florida Panthers and say yes, they're a contender, right? They've got some battles they've got to go through. We're talking about the Eastern Conference guys. You know, Matt, Florida's done all these great things. They made all these great acquisitions. They could end up playing Washington or Boston in the first round, which is the way it's set up right now. And look what the Bruins just did. They just added depth to their defense by uh, bringing in Hampus Lindholm from, from Anaheim. So 
it's going to be tough. There isn't even the Penguins. The Penguins have been an exceptional regular season team the last three or four years, but have bowed out in the first round of the playoffs. Tristan Jari was the reason why they lost the series last year. I, I think he's come out with a chip on his shoulder and he's showing the league right now that he's, you know, th that wasn't him during the playoffs against the Islanders last year. I have no clue what's going to happen in the East because it's so unpredictable. And uh, I mean, of course the uh, Florida Panthers did make a Stanley cup finals appearance. Uh, the uh, lead, the team had just uh, come into a league uh, three years prior, uh, three years prior, and uh, really haven't done a heck of a lot since. And uh, in 25 plus years, uh, could the Florida Panthers make uh the uh, Stanley Cup final as well, uh, Carolina as well. I mean, they've had uh, a number of appearances uh, in the uh, finals as well. They did win in 2006. So uh, there's definitely a lot of excitement, especially along the uh, Southeast seaboard of the United States. So uh, guys, speaking of contenders, uh, the three of us don't have to look uh, that much further than uh, the uh, bottom of the uh, Gardner and uh, take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, uh, it wasn't that long ago where Blue Jays fans were very critical of Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins. The term Shatkins was all too familiar. But uh, here we are in 2022, and the Blue Jays are perhaps a World Series contender. Uh, you uh, think about the uh, recent trade uh, for Matt Chapman out of Oakland, they gave uh, four uh, prospects uh, before uh, they, uh, they uh, opened with a bang with uh, signing uh, Jose Barrios uh, to a, a seven-year uh, extension. They traded for uh, Kevin Gossman. Uh, UC uh, Kikuchi is uh, uh, someone who has a lot of um, upside uh, from his uh, days in Japan. Uh, Frank, uh, our, what's going to happen in uh, during the for our boys of summer? Is it possible that uh, the Blue Jays could uh, do what they did uh, in 2015-16 uh, and uh, make a run for the World Series again? I am excited for this team, man. Getting my popcorn ready, like Vladi said. Last year was a trailer. This year's the movie. I am pumped. Like they I got love a, that line. Oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was a good line. He like I love watching him. I love watching his team together. The way they gel, like outside, off the field. I'm, I'm saying, and I like that's that kind of stuff. I think really translates to on field play. You remember back a few years ago, and uh, it wasn't much reported in the news, but Strowman and. Uh, the other pitcher, what was his name, with the finger injury all the time? Uh, Aaron Sanchez, you're talking about? Sanchez. Apparently, they had, like, real beef. So, yeah. like, that kind of stuff translates to on-field, right? I, I love this team. I love everything about it. I've always been a Jays fan, and I'm just – I'm really excited to get this thing going, man. Well, Tony, uh, one uh, possibility was a pseudo-Canadian, Canadian-ish, Canadian because of his parents, Freddie Freeman. Uh, there was a possibility of him uh, – Signing with Toronto, he signed a six-year extension uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was a little skeptical for a number of reasons if Freddie Freeman was to come to Toronto. I, there's a pretty decent first baseman uh, named Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, who is uh, who uh, did a great job uh, last year at first base. Now he uh, does have a history of playing third, but... Was that juggling with fire? Uh, you know, would the Jays have benefited more, in your opinion, if the Jays signed Freddie Freeman? I don't. I don't believe it was ever going to happen. I, that would have been a tough thing for Vladdy to to sit back and watch. He's ba you'd basically be telling him, uh, you know, you're you are are you know what what are you telling him? you're going to be split first base slash DH. Uh, th that's what we have planned for you. I, I don't know if he would have accepted that. I think he's getting better at first base. I think you, you give a guy a position to play and you stick with it. Um, his days of playing third base, I don't think should, should be history. You know, you said he's had a history of playing third base. 
him playing third base should become history. I think he should focus on first. I'm not sure how real uh, Freeman coming to the Jays were because if the plan was for him to be a DH slash first baseman, that probably didn't, you know, guys want to play positions, right? Guys, they have that kind of ego where it's like, no, I can still play in position. And, right? I don't think so you could do much. Sorry, Tony. I don't think you could do much things right now to disrespect Vladdy. Like he's, he's put in a lot to get himself in this shape. He's put in a lot to get better at the first pace position. And he's going to be coming up a contract soon. So I don't think they can do anything really much to piss him off where you well, want to I disagree. I disagree. Really? He, it's exactly. He's got a contract coming up and he's going to have some some ability to say, okay, um, I don't want to be here. You know, he can turn around. That's and what I'm saying. Yeah. Here. So like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, don't piss him off. Right. Like yeah, exactly. Oh no. I thought you were saying that there, there's nothing they could do to piss him off. There's no, no, no. I don't do want them to piss him off, yeah. piss him off by yeah, getting free. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have went for that deal either. I don't know how real it was. You don't know who to believe, who's throwing those things out there. I, I think the, the Jays are just in a position right now where they could put feelers out everywhere. And I think that's exactly how this offseason has been going. And I'm sure there's communication with, with Vladdy's agent uh, or Vladdy, who, whoever, as, you know, as these processes are happening. I don't think there's any question that they would not you know, keep that player into what's what's going yeah. on and what's happening in the offseason. But I'm excited about the Jays too, right? Like I, I'm still not 100% sold on the manager for some reason, guys. And I said this when we had uh, when we had Mike Leach on when we did one of the shows with Mike Leach. I mm. still like yeah. it was last year. I'm yeah. still not 100% convinced on this guy. I mean, he he seems nice enough, but I just don't know how much command he has in game yet i'm still trying to figure that out i'm not a baseball aficionado by any stretch of the imagination but i i, I do see things that are happening in situational moments that i'm still like iffy about but when you have a lineup of springer bichette vladdy teoscar lordis chapman Gritchick, keep going Vigio, keep going keep Jansen, going dancing <laughs> as you that's your projected lineup and and your rotation that you said randy it's like so solid when you have barrios and gossman and rio manoa and kikuchi like you know everything should should go well you would think but um i'm cautiously excited because just because you have a great off season does not mean it's going to translate to a regular season Right. Like we know that plus they're competing with the Bruins and the uh, Bruins, sorry, the Sox and the Yankees. And, you know, they're always going to make moves, try and better their team. Um, Trevor Story, they signed yeah. today from from yeah. Colorado. So they locked a the guy up. They've got some power in their lineup now. Um, it's never easy in the L East. Tampa Bay is always going to be a good team. So they've they've got a they got a long season ahead of them, but they've got a good team. So they'll be in the thick of things, I believe. You know, in terms of sorry, Randy. Go ahead. Go one ahead. thing, I, one thing I'm interested to see this year overall in baseball is how the pitchers react. Now we know usually pitchers are like February, the end of February. They're already or beginning of February, I think, at training camp, getting ready. They're always the first to get ready and and get tuned up and all that. Like with this shortened spring training, like I'm wondering to see how the pitchers are going to react this year overall in baseball. So, I don't know. Something well, you know, uh, you do bring up a great point, Frank, because if there is one aspect of sports as a whole that to me has taken a real step back, it's pitching in Major League Baseball. Yeah. You know, the three of us can remember a starting pitcher going seven, eight, nine plus innings. Uh, and uh, now they are just, baseball especially, is just loaded with analytics. Like Blake Snell pitched four uh, innings of shut out or no hit baseball, if I'm not mistaken, had 60 plus 60 pitches, give or take, and was pulled in game seven of the world series. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, you think of Joe Madden who did uh, win uh, uh, as manager of the Chicago Cubs. The first time the uh, Cubs have won in over a century. Not a lot of people talk about the fact that his starter only gave up a run in four and a third and uh, was left with a Chapman who had nothing left in the tank, gave up the game tying home run. 
And if it wasn't for the two runs that uh, Chicago uh, uh, scored in the bottom, top of the 10th, the uh, Indians could have potentially have won that game. Uh, they did uh, score one run in the 10th. Um, look, I get it. I'm getting to that age where I'm going to be telling uh, the future of tomorrow. Well, back in my day, we used to walk uh, uphill to school both ways with the snow up to our foreheads. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm not buying analytics anymore. Tony, uh, look, uh, I I think I think uh, it is pretty uh, black and white when it comes to putting a batting lineup together. But you do have to have some sort of acumen when it comes to a pitching rotation and especially your relievers. Where do you stand? I know I just threw, I vomited a whole lot, but uh, in terms of uh, a pitching rotation and your pitching staff, is that where you think Montoyo really needs to show what he's got? I, I'm with you, Randy, but I just don't know if the game is managed that way anymore. It seems like everybody's on board with, you know, just giving a guy three innings. I mean, I'm, I'm a throwback dude as well. I, I want the guy in there who's just going to just mangle his arm for seven, eight innings, give you everything he's got, you know, Jack Morris type guys. Uh, they don't let them. And I think it's got it's analytics. It's keeping a guy's arm fresh. They're, they just seem to coddle these pitchers a hell of a lot more now. They invest so much money in them, and and seems like guys are getting Tommy John surgery more often than ever. Thank you. That's is thank it. You. Is, is it the way they're throwing the baseball? It's you, you know it's probably part of it. I'm also a huge fan of situational baseball. I love the bunting runners over and and slashing the balls and getting guys on base and it seems like there's more concentration on the long ball than there is in that situational baseball. I used to love the throwback national league style baseball, the, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals, the, the San Francisco giants back in the day. So I'm with you on that. I, I don't think we'll ever get back to that again. Um, and I don't know if the manager is capable of managing that way anymore. Uh, it's, I don't think they want him managing that way anymore. I don't get it because I think you can put together a ton of runs if you, you know, slash the ball, you know, wear the pitcher down, foul some balls off, lay some bunts down. But those little technical things in baseball, you're right. It, it doesn't seem to be a part of the game anymore. It's kind of like basketball where it, it seems like if, if you can't shoot a three, you're a useless player in the league these days. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean basketball well, even like is like hockey. Ball. It's like you can't even going back to hockey. You can't play a goalie back to back anymore. As in back in the day, if you were to tell Wah after a shutout, listen, you're not going in tomorrow because you just played a game. <laughs> he would rip your head off. Brodeur would do the same. Those goalies don't exist no more. You couldn't do that nowadays. So it, analytics dictates the whole thing now, man. I think it's also sports science. Like you know, like yeah. the Jays have invested a lot of money in that. And I, I made fun of Shatkins at the beginning because it seemed like everybody was getting hurt <laughs> during their sports science uh, rebuild there. But but yeah, I, they just they look at things differently now than, you know, there's there's information to them available that there just wasn't back in the 90s. Yeah. And we grew up watching baseball. So who knows what Dave Steve's arm looks and feels like yeah. now For after real. the career he's had and maybe. His arm would have been in better shape if they took care of him better. I don't know. But back then, these guys, they wanted the ball, and they didn't want to give it up until, you know, their they arm was ready throw, to, Until they couldn't throw no more, yeah. Their arm was ready to fall off. Yeah. I'm with you, Randy. I'm an old-school guy. I miss situational baseball as well. It seems like everything is revolved around the home run. Um, you know, but that's – it's it's the times, I guess, and you just got, we got to adapt with it. Manoa showed us that a couple of times last year where he was pissed to come out of a game, man, where he was like, this is my ball. I want this game. I want to finish it, you know? So that, that yeah. was good to see. He's a firecracker. I like yeah. his attitude. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, Alec Manoa, if I'm not mistaken, uh, doesn't really have uh, that kind of uh, gas in terms of his fastball. Uh, you know, when uh, Steven Strasburg was uh, that close to – uh, when he was up for a contract, uh, his agent was Scott Boris. Scott Boris insisted on a, a strict pitch count. And uh, in the end, uh, 
I, I, well, I mean, where is Steven Strasburg now? Like, I, 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 I think in the end, uh, and Tony uh, said it uh, perfectly, is that now these pitchers are uh, pitching less and more and more of them are getting a major surgery like Tommy John. So how does that happen? Uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine. So, it, and, um, and look, what happened is Steven Strasburg, could be part of the reason why pitchers uh, managers and teams are a lot more careful with pitchers. Right. I, you know, you could see it on both sides, but you know, um, I'm just, you're get you get paid a lot of money to be a pitcher. I want you to go out there and pitch as long as humanly possible and give us everything you got. Right. But you know, it's one thing to do it in the regular season, but yeah, you're right. When a team like the, the Rays, are saving a guy in game seven, you know, what are you saving him for? Right. The next day, um, stay out there as long as you can. Absolutely. Uh, interesting. Uh, I just saw that, uh, Charlie Montoyo is, uh, it, uh, four games under 500 as a manager of the Toronto blue Jays in 384 games. He has a record of 190 and 194. So, uh, all does seem to be uh, great with the uh, good ship uh, Blue Jays. Uh, they do seem to have a real chemistry uh, within the club. And uh, if the manager is a part of that, you'd have to think that it doesn't hurt uh, to have a, a manager that does jive with the team. And it does seem that uh, this current uh, Toronto Blue Jays club uh, has an affection for their manager, Charlie Montoyo. So, uh, you know, we were going to uh, lean uh, with um, uh, one topic, but uh, there was uh, uh, this upcoming story is one that really caught my attention, and that is Deshaun Watson. He is uh, one of the top uh, slingers uh, in terms of quarterbacks in the uh, National uh, Football League. Uh, he was with the uh, Houston Texans. However, uh, he has been uh, charged uh, well, he has uh, as many as 23 civil cases of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. Uh, Frank, uh, before we had uh, gotten together uh, for this podcast, uh, you said that you didn't follow, you're not much of a uh, uh, American football uh, a fan. No. But uh, here's a guy that has a lot of accusers out there and... Uh, it's, I mean, obviously the Cleveland Browns is one of the most storied for, uh, franchises in North American sports. Uh, they have uh, no record of uh, Super Bowl success. Would you have uh, made a trade uh, uh, with someone like uh, Deshaun Watson? I would stay clear of everything of that. Like, why would you want to bring that into your organization? I don't get it. Like, you remember back when uh, it was Ricky, uh, the pitcher, the the reliever for the Jays. Roberto Osuna. Roberto Osuna. Right away, Jays got rid of him. Right? Like, they know they don't want nothing to do with that, and they're in their within their organization and don't want any part of that associated with that. So I don't know. Is he like? Is he that good of a player that they would risk that? Well, yeah, uh, he apparently is like uh, top three in the uh, in the league, and uh, the Texans. Uh, I mean, they also going to Cleveland along with Watson was a fourth round pick in twenty four. The Texans received three first round picks, uh, wow. a third round pick, and a fifth round pick. And you know, Tony uh, Roberto Osuna is a great example of uh, somebody who was uh, implicated. Uh, in uh, sexual assault, uh, like a domestic uh, assault with uh, regards to his girlfriend. Uh, the Blue Jays uh, traded him to Houston. He wins a World Series with Houston. Um, Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, is there something, uh, is there something that uh, sports leagues in general do you think should be doing with regards to uh, having other teams been giving a chance to uh, like a Roberto Osuna, who is in all intents and purposes uh, seem to be found guilty uh, from one aspect to another, essentially getting a second chance with another team because there was no chance uh, an Osuna could come back to the Blue Jays. And it seems that Deshaun Watson is getting a second chance with the Cleveland Browns. 
Well, listen, there was no criminal charges. There wasn't enough to put criminal charges on the table. Now, that doesn't mean he's innocent by any stretch of the imagination. I, I believe in second chances. I wouldn't be the team to give him the second chance personally because there's just too much attached to it. I know this. If I lived in Cleveland, I have two daughters. I would keep them at home at night while him and Kareem Hunt are in town. Um, that's for sure. Just... And uh, for those who don't uh, remember Kareem Hunt, uh, he was uh, seen on video uh, assaulting a woman in a Cleveland hotel. This is while he was a member of the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, was released by the Chiefs, picked up by, lo and behold, the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, Tony, as you were. And it just goes to show you that talent prevails. It doesn't matter. I, you know, you could tell me about, oh, this guy is not here because of his skin color, this and that. No, it's about talent. If you have the talent, you're going to get the chance. You're going to continue to get a chance. Look at Antonio Brown. Look at Evander Kane, uh, Kareem Hunt, Greg Hardy, other players over the years. Uh, if you get the chance, if, I mean, if you have the talent, you're going to get the chance. Remember, this guy said no to the Cleveland Browns initially and then miraculously turned around and say yes. And then you're sitting there thinking, well, why do you turn around and say yes to Cleveland? $230 million <laughs> guaranteed, all of it guaranteed, the highest amount of money ever guaranteed to a football player in the history of, so not only does this guy get a second chance, he gets, he's getting $230 million guaranteed. You have talent, you're gonna get a chance, whether you like it or not, that's all sports is. Um, I know that morally it's wrong. You know, if I'm sure where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't believe all 22 incidences might have ended up in, in unfortunate circumstances, but I think there are enough there to tell me that Deshaun Watson is, is probably not a very good guy and doesn't respect women very much by the sounds of it. But it seems like he has uh, finally gotten the happy ending that he's been looking for. <laughs> Could uh, Deshaun Watson uh, be that difference maker and bring a championship to the Cleveland Browns? More importantly, how many uh, fans that would have uh, liked to have seen uh, Baker Mayfield uh, lead the Browns to uh, that promised land uh, remains to be seen. I mean, he's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. That's for sure. I mean, I, there's no questioning the talent. I think he is better than Baker Mayfield, but uh, to Baker Mayfield's defense, maturity was always a problem with him but now you're bringing in a guy who's you know how mature is he but he's got football maturity but he doesn't have off the field maturity um and to, to for me i'm going to defend baker mayfield a bit because the last couple of years he's played in front of a bad offensive line and a bum shoulder and you know i know that it's easy to to to, to shit on him but he hasn't been playing uh, you know, they haven't done their best to surround him with the proper protection and what have you. They have given him a lot of um, weapons and tools. So, but that's sports, man. If somebody like that becomes available and you think he's better than the other guy, go for it, right? You're going to do what you want, no matter what. It doesn't matter what you've done off the field. You're going to get the chance. Talent prevails. Unfortunately, that's the way sports works. Well, guys, uh, we're getting close uh, to the end of uh, this uh, episode. I want to, once again, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, we are going to end things off, Frank, uh, with a little segment that Tony and I have uh, taken part in, usually when we get to this point of the uh, show, and that is called Big Deal, No Big Deal. So uh, I'm going to pose a situation to you, and you are going to tell me if it is a big deal or no big deal. So Josh Donaldson, a uh, familiar name to uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. He had uh, found himself uh, on a number of teams since uh, leaving the Blue Jays and that uh, MVP season, which was only, uh, well, I guess seven years ago might be a long time, but he has uh, found his way to the evil empire, that being the New York <laughs> Yankees. Uh, Josh Donaldson heading over to the Yankees. Frank, is that a big deal or no big deal? I view it as a no big deal. I don't think he is what he was before. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't think the Yankees are going to be much of a threat. And we'll see who, which players they get to play this year anyways, because the, if, if their mandates don't change there, they're going to be missing a few guys or their lineup regularly. 
Well, yeah, uh, the rumor is, is that uh, Aaron Judge is not uh, vaccinated. I'm not really sure who else uh, beyond that. But, uh, you know, Frank, uh, sorry, Tony, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Donaldson, uh, you know, he did seem to uh, have a pretty decent uh, time as a member of the uh, Minnesota Twins. Uh, man, I was really hoping I could find some uh, legit stats here, but I'm seeing some columns and I have no idea what this information is. But, uh, you know, uh, it, he did seem to. Oh, OK, here we go. Sorry. So uh, he had 28, uh, 26 homers and uh, he uh, although uh, did hit uh, lower than 250. Uh, he does seem to have a, a pretty potent bat. Uh, he could probably get a couple of long balls out. Of course, the Yankees don't have Gary Sanchez anymore. Uh, are you always wary of the New York Yankees? Is this no different than for this year? Uh, yeah, the Yankees are the Yankees. And when you're competing in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox, you always have to be, you know, they're always going to be a tough out, excuse the pun. Uh, Josh Donaldson would have been a big deal in 2015 for them as an acquisition. Um, you're right. He's still got pop in his bat. I don't know what a difference he will make um, for the Yankees. You know, I think, I think it was that trade was more that they've, you know, they've seen enough of, of, you know, the, the, the Sanchez, the Sanchez guy, and he had to go more than anything there. So uh, no big deal. So, uh, you know, it is interesting to see if uh, the likes of Josh Donaldson would make uh, that much of a difference for the New York Yankees or someone like Trevor Story uh, heading uh, as he heads to uh, the Boston Red Sox. I mean, let alone uh, the likes of Carlos Correa, who you'd have to think would be much of a uh, like a big difference maker for the Minnesota Twins. So uh, as we alluded to, uh, guys, uh, the Florida Panthers is uh, making uh, quite a push to uh, try and get some. uh, some sunshine in a sunrise uh, by uh, potentially uh, making a, a push for the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs and a significant run. They did pick up Ben Sherratt from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Tony, uh, is that a big deal or no big deal? Uh, it's a so-so deal. It, it, adding depth to your defense uh, is always a good idea. You, it's like pitching, right? You can never have enough pitching. Um, the more defensemen you have available to you, especially when you look at Ekblad going down now too, uh, the better off you are. I think when, I think at trade deadlines, when you do add, when you feel like you're a contender, you're ready to take that next step. Your better moves are those types of moves, those depth defenseman moves, those, you know, guys who can help you on the blue line. I mean, uh, Frank, uh, you know, going through uh, the, uh, the the shows such as Sports Center and Sports Central, I mean, everybody was talking about how Ben Sherratt was uh, the uh, biggest uh, 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 possible tra- uh, trade chip out there as the uh, tra- trade deadline looms. Uh, you have to think that uh, Sherratt's going to be a potential difference maker uh, for the Panthers. I think, I think he'll make an impact there just because they're not like – they don't have the star-studded defenseman they have there. He's, what, top four, he'll make it there. So I think he'll make a difference. But like Tony said, so-so deal. I'm not like totally sold on it just because he's he's a Hab, man. He's from the Hab, so I don't really – you know, I'm not going to give him too much praises. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't he a senator too? So you can't win. <laughs> I don't remember if he was a senator, but uh, hey, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just another example of, you know, a team like a Florida Phoenix slash Arizona who has never had that kind of consistency Columbus uh, and, you know, have you you have to wonder if they did have a run where they did have an elite talent uh, for their fans. Uh, You know, Florida has not had. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, diehard support. You do see an empty building more often than not. Uh, could this be the start of things to come for uh, the people of South Florida? We'll see what happens this uh, coming playoff. So finally, guys, uh, you know, look, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be of, uh, I don't want to, you know, break the news to you here if you haven't realized already, but uh, the glory days of our 20s are, 
you know, that much further in the rearview mirror for us. And there are there are more and more uh, retired players who are critical of uh, star athletes and uh, you know young uh, players today. Like I, I, I come to notice a couple of comments of Charles Oakley saying that a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo would be coming off the bench. Sean Avery, who is uh, a, somebody who is more known for being a dirty uh, player uh, amongst everything else that is negative within hockey, absolutely called out Clayton, Clayton Keller of the uh, Arizona Coyotes, just ripping him to shreds of how much of a wuss he is. Um, I, we, How many more times do we have to hear uh, players of yesterday saying how much tougher and how much uh, stronger they were, uh, you know, the league was 20, 30 years ago. Uh, Frank, I realize that this may not be a big deal, but is there any value to what these retired players are saying? Saying that Antetokounmpo like, would be a bench player, I don't know how you even like take it as value because that's just absurd. So, so are they just bitter, some of them, the old men, like some bitter old men that they can't play no more? I don't know. Like, but I don't, I don't buy it. I, I think they're just jealous of the way these new guys are playing, man. The, the physique, the shape they're in. I think, I think the young, these kids now would dominate some of those guys back then. Was it tougher? Was it more rugged back then? Yes, for sure. But I think with the training, everything that's evolved with the training and how, how these players prepare themselves now, I think they'll do a lot. These young kids will do a lot better than those older guys would. You know, uh, Tony, you do have to think of uh, something like the the Broad Street Bullies of the Philadelphia Flyers. You think of the bad boys of, uh, you know, the Detroit Pistons and so on. And something tells me that the offseason was not as intense and not as regimented in terms of working out like these athletes do today. Uh, look. I get it. Concussions weren't really a thing. And uh, guys like Bill Lambeer were, you know, giving uh, Michael Jordan uh, a fist as uh, Jordan was driving to the net. Uh, But what do you think? I mean, like in a holistic sense, are you convinced that the type of play was better 20, 30 years ago, holistically in all sports? Uh, Wow. Listen, I don't agree. I think Giannis would be a starting player back then as well. So I don't agree <laughs> with him. He's just he's just too talented. But Charles Oakley played the game a certain way. We know the type of game he played. You know, it was a tougher game back then. I can't say which one was better and which one's not, but I do think players now are a hell of a lot softer than they were back then, 100% on, on so many different levels, not just physically, but mentally as well as you see with like how Westbrook and certain people react to, to fans saying things to them. Um, but, you know, Charles Oakley was a tough player. He played a certain way. It's probably the only way he knew basketball back, back in the day. And, and he has an opinion. He's entitled to it, but I disagree with him. Um, and, and your question was, are we always going to hear these guys, these old timers come back and talk like this about current players? How long are we going to keep, until they die, because that's that's what they believe in. They they play in a certain era. That's how they believe the game should be played, and uh, you know. So they're they're going to keep you know barking at the moon. Michael Jordan's going to keep telling us that he never had to go to another team to chase a ring, right? And guess what? These guys, you can't you can't argue with them. They've been through it. They've been through the battles, and in some cases, they're right. But I certainly don't agree that you know Yanis would not be a starter back then. <laughs> I think that's where the old the old school holds the edge is the mentality side of it. Like we're not going to lose. I'm not going to lose this game tonight. We're going to win no matter what. And I think they're the players not soft. Today, yeah, the players today. They, I I just don't see that anymore. Like I don't know, man. Like well, you the know, first uh, time. Okay, let's just take it back to the classic on Sunday. That was the first time in how many years that we saw Matthews actually do a little bit of something. He's been here for what? How many years now? Six, seven. Well, I mean, like if that you're the first if you're, time we've actually seen him do something. 
Well, I mean, you are talking about a cross check to the neck. Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't I, want. I, like, I personally think he meant to hit him on the shoulder, but it slipped up. But but, but the, I think the point Frank's making, and I'm not. I don't want to speak for you, Frank, but this is what a lot of people say that you do something like that, you start to create some space for yourself moving forward, right? So come playoff time, maybe the guy who wants to take his liberties with Austin Matthews will think twice because he doesn't want to take a shot to the face or a cross check or anything like that. The player is creating some space for himself moving forward is what the general thought there is, right? You know, I, I think I, the message to his own players. I know we've got a bit sidetracked here, but I think the message sure. to his own players here is like, listen, we got to shape up here. Like, we're going to the playoffs. This is going to be a battle. Enough of that shit from the past two years because, you know, we can't accept that here no more. Hopefully, that's what his message was. Well, Maybe it was uh, frustration. You know, I, I, I mean, there there is a lot to, uh, to uh, un, unpack here with uh, what we just uh, uh, talked about. But let's take a look at load management. And let's let's put that to a guy like Bobby Orr. So, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, whatever that uh, that uh, knee or leg injury was, uh, he uh, uh, comes to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, They if you want to call it baby him or they, uh, you know, put him on a program where he was able to uh, come back slowly. Obviously, 40, 40, 50 years ago when uh, uh, Bobby Orr uh, was uh, one of the top players in the league and perhaps still is today, let's say that uh, he was on a schedule where he had uh, the ability to uh, play a couple of games, take a day off. Because you'd have to think that he was going. But Bobby Orr wouldn't do that. Bobby Orr. No, no, no. But I mean, let's say. I agree. It it would have never happened. Not not from those guys. Those those guys back then. Mentality. Those guys back then used to work shifts in factories and then go kick ass on the hockey on the ice, man. It's sure, you know, sure. Okay, but you weren't protecting a twenty million dollar asset back then. Yeah, right. right. Uh, okay, a hundred percent. But let's and say Bobby that Orr uh, Bobby never Orr... agreed to that. Never. He would have never. He would have said, "There's no freaking way I'm playing, <laughs> and you can't stop me." And obviously, this is a hypothetical that I am talking about here. But let's say that you present to Bobby Orr instead of playing two uh 10 years in the league and uh, i think a season and a half was with the chicago blackhawks let's say that you were able to play 15 plus with the boston bruins uh develop uh more stats more uh uh, accolades uh but you did have to uh take a couple of games off i think bobby orr would have definitely taken that maybe i don't know We'll, we'll never know We'll never know, we'll never of course, know. of course. And I, I see, I see your point. I see what you're saying, and it makes sense. But like, like you said, we, I, we will never know. Just that mentality back then was so different, man. Just so different. These guys now get coddled too much. Well, and uh, I, uh, is it uh, is it because of the uh, uh, enhancement of uh, the medical industry, whether it comes to athletics, or uh, is there some value to the fact that? Uh, uh, athletes are taking it easy two days uh, 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 these days. Excuse me. It's uh, it's a discussion that uh, we're going to have well, for the, the many years yeah, to come. There's more money involved now, right? So yeah, they want to they want to they want to play as long as they can. They want their brands to grow. It's not just about what they are as athletes. These guys want their brands to to grow off the court, off the field, off the ice. It's just there's just so much more money involved. That's why it's happening more. That's why this is more pro- prevalent, right? And you're right, Randy. Maybe if Bobby Orr was playing in these days, he'd be just like the rest of them. We, we'll never know that, but it's just you know different mentality back then. Is that you know they weren't twenty forty million dollar assets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, personal brands, I mean. Uh, Frank, uh, this will be deployed on such a uh, podcast uh, on such networks like Spotify, your personal brand, my friend is going to go through the roof. I mean, uh, your <laughs> wife is going to see you differently. The women are going to be coming up to you. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no, uh, Tony and I, I, I mean, we've been just uh, legends since starting this well, very podcast. Look, look at this wrist. This is from <laughs> signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Frank, uh, I thank can't you move uh, it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, thank you so much for joining us, man. I mean, uh, uh, like the like Tony and myself, uh, it's always great to have a good old chat amongst uh, sports fans. I uh, really hope we could do it again. 
Yeah, man, for sure. I had a lot of fun, guys. Nice meeting you today, Tony, for the first time. Randy, hopefully we meet each other in person soon. Yeah, yeah man, I had a blast. Hopefully I did all right. It was my first time. So, yeah, man, it was good. Tony, are you going to be around at uh, BMO for uh, Canada, Jamaica? Oh, you better believe it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, hey, Canada did uh, announce their uh, starting 25. Alfonso Davies is not uh, a part of the roster. He's still recovering from uh from COVID-19 but doesn't really seem to have be uh, that much of uh a surprise with regards to who's going to be making it for the final qualification of uh, uh from uh, uh Cotter 2022 uh Tony uh Tony and I were at uh Tim Hortons Field for uh the Canada USA match and no, uh, uh, oh but you were supposed to I was supposed to be, but, long but things story, things fell apart. Over. Well, yeah, uh, we uh, we did catch up Tony and I at uh, BMO for the uh, TFC home opener, and we will be sure to do it again. We're supporting the red and white that is the Maple Leaf. So, uh, on behalf of Frank DeFrenza and Tony Antonio, I'm Randy Coure. This is What's Up the Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. Exactly.